So glad that all of you are here today on this special day. I turn your attention to the book of Exodus chapter 14, and we begin reading in verse 21. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left what a powerful God we serve they went into the sea upon dry ground. How many of you know God can make a way where there seems to be no way? We take our text today from verse 21 where it says, And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. And our message today is the east wind. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with us, Lord? We are thankful for your anointing and your presence that we feel in this house. We pray, God, that your spirit would have its way, that you would touch our hearts and minds, change us from the inside out. Let us be reminded once again of your power and of your great and marvelous work. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated and thank you for standing. As the children of Israel were fleeing the tyranny of their past, 400 years of abusive slavery, they came up to the Red Sea. The powerful Egyptian soldiers were racing their chariots across the desert floor with the intent of recapturing these children of Israel. Moses and the children of Israel were literally between a rock and a hard place. The army was closing on them. In the front, there was a massive Red Sea. At this point, the desperation of their position began to overwhelm them and they called out to Moses. He went to God and God instructed him to stand still and see the salvation of God. Verse 13 says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians, whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. I'm glad to know that whatever has been plaguing you, you have come to the right place today because we know a God who has the power to eradicate the addiction and the plagues of our life on a permanent basis. You're not serving a temporary God. You're not serving a God that only had power 2,000 years ago. You're not serving a God that we're waiting for the rapture, for the supernatural to be demonstrated. But you serve a God that is an ever-present help in a time of need. Stand still and see the salvation of God. I'm thankful that we have a God of salvation. He was a Savior then. And he is now. He's a God of salvation. He is a God of great power. 
He is a God that demonstrates that power by standing with his people. Verse 14 says, the Lord shall fight for you. Moses was saying to the children of Israel that God's brought you into this desert, but he's not going to forsake you. He's going to fight for you. I've come to say to somebody today, I don't know what you may be going through, but I've got a God that wants you to know he's going to fight for you. You've been fighting by yourself. You felt like you're all alone in your struggle. But God is wanting to remind us today. He's been there all along. And he's going to fight for you. I'm not going back now. I just got to hold on. I got to hold my peace. I'm going to hold on to that peace that God's given me in the midst of the problem. Oh, come on, somebody. You've been suffering in silence, but God said, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for you. Don't give up now. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to run out of gas on the last mile. You've got a God that's going to fight for his people. Verse 19 says, And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Woo! This angel that went before them, this cloud that went before them to give them direction and guidance, they moved from being before them and they went behind them. That's God saying, I got your back. I got your back. I got your blind side. They say in pro football, the most important guy is the guy who plays left guard. He's the guy that's over there on the left side of the line. Most quarterbacks are right-handed. They're looking downfield, but they got a blind side. So they need the biggest guy they can find in North America or the Samoan Islands and put him on the left guard. And your job is to not let nobody get to that quarterback while he's looking the other way. The devil wants to come and blindside you. But God said, I'll put an angelic host. I'll put an angelic host on your blind side. You got a God that's going to put himself between you and your enemy. I don't know who's become your enemy, but God is your friend. And God said, I'm going to put that angelic host in between you and them. Well, I'm glad I serve a God that not only can lead, give clarity, but he's a God that can come back and protect our, our blind side. He moved them back there. Verse 20, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, the children of Israel, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Now think about how good God is, because what brings clarity to you brings confusion to the enemy. The same cloud, the same fire, it was light to God's people, to the children of Israel, but to the enemy... It was confusion. It was darkness. 
It was immobility. People don't understand how come you Pentecostals worship God so strong, so passionate. It's confusion to them. Y'all get down there in that Pentecostal church, get all worked up down there. Get all emotional down there. Don't you know y'all sit real quiet like? Don't make a big noise. Don't make a big ruckus. It's confusion to the enemy. But they can go to a ball game. I don't know why you worship like you do. I don't know why you sing like you do. I don't know why you clap your hands like you do. If you do what God brought me. If you do where I used to be. If you do the long way that God has brought me. You'd understand it. It confuses the enemy. We read in the text that God sends this strong east wind. It represented the power of God. Everywhere we read about wind in the scripture, it represents the spirit of God. It represents the presence of God. In the book of Acts, we read that when the Holy Ghost came, it came as a rushing mighty wind. That wind, my friend, is powerful and precise. That wind can destroy. That wind can save. That wind can deliver. That wind can give life. Ezekiel 37, 9, then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds. O breath, and breathe upon these slain. That they may live. That wind brings life to a dead situation. The enemy makes you want to feel like you're dead. That you're nothing more than a carcass of dry bones. But when the wind of God's spirit blows, there's life that comes again. There's joy that comes again. There's hope that is born again through a strong east wind. I don't know about you, But without the Spirit and the presence of God, we're nothing more than a carcass of old dry bones. But when the Holy Ghost moves, when the wind blows, life comes again. Sin tried to kill you, but God sent a wind. Sin tried to destroy you, but God sent His Spirit. Now there's life. Life. Wind is the result of pressure differences when the pressure changes in the atmosphere wind is produced we were trying to fly back from being out west and they said my flight was going through Chicago they said we got problems in Chicago you may not want to go to Chicago sure enough my flights was canceled I tried to fly back through Dallas we got problems in Dallas So then I changed over to Delta and I flew to Atlanta, thinking I'd be safe in Atlanta. The only problem is when we got to Atlanta, it was raining sideways. And the pilot said, they got us on holding pattern. We should be able to make three turns. And then after that, we're going to have to look for gas. 
We didn't hear from him for a while as we flew around and around and around atop of Land Airport. Finally, he said, we just made our fifth turn. I thought we were going to look for fuel on three. He said, we just made our fifth turn. The good news is we're number one for landing. I'm thinking, well, that's the good news. Put this baby down. Well, we come in there trying to land, and that wind, that rain is blowing sideways, and he's trying his best to get that thing on the ground, and I'm saying, Lord, help him. Jesus, help him, Lord. And we got that one, touched down, that thing skidded to the right, and the left, that wind blowing us back and forth. He got that thing to stop. I walked up there to that cockpit, put my hand out there, and I said, I thank you, sir, for saving our lives. He said, there's a pressure front from the top of the United States all the way down. He said, it's created a wall. And he said, it's a pressure change. And we know that when there's a pressure change, the strong winds are coming. I said, thank you. You just gave me my sermon. I don't know what pressure you're under. I've come to tell you, there's a change coming. There's a change in the atmosphere. I feel the wind blowing. I feel a strong east wind blowing. You need a miracle. You ought to stand to your feet and you ought to shout unto God. This is what happens in the spirit world. The natural, you may be seated, illustrates the spirit. The natural world illustrates the spiritual world. When his spirit moves, he's changing the atmosphere. He's changing the pressure. Pain has to go. Depression has to go. I feel the pressure changing. The Red Sea was a result of the pressure changing. You Egyptian soldiers are no longer in charge. There's a new power. There's a new sheriff in town. There is a greater authority. I want to proclaim into this atmosphere that your greatest obstacle is nothing to the God that you serve. There is a higher authority than sickness. There's a higher authority than depression. There's a higher authority than thoughts of suicide. There's a higher authority than divorce. There's a higher authority than sin or addiction. There is one that is greater, and his name is Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. The angel takes the posture of standing between the enemy and the children of God. Then a strong east wind begins to blow. And when it does, the Red Sea opens up. The Spirit of God, ladies and gentlemen, can make a way where there seems to be no way. 
the east wind made the sea dry ground. Land that had sat under billions of gallons of sea for thousands of years, saturated with moisture, becomes dry ground. It wasn't even mud. The very thing that's in front of you right now that looks like a huge obstacle, God's going to bring you through it, and there won't even be evidence that it was ever a problem. You're not even going to have any mud on your shoe. God's going to bring you through on dry ground. You say, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I've come to tell you, there's an east wind coming, and God's going to do the work. Or if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands on the Lord. I'm glad that I serve a God whose power is so great. He can change the nature of his creation. He can make a seed dry ground with a strong east wind. He can change the heart of your boss. He can change the heart of your husband. He can change the heart of a sinner. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. The very thing that was their obstacle became their protection. In the middle of the desert, I'm going to give you a wall on either side. Became their fortress. What appeared to be fatal. The sea became salvation. A strong east wind changed the nature of their circumstances. A strong east wind changed the environment, changed their destiny. This is what the power of God does in our life. The wind of His Spirit demonstrates the power of God. Power to heal. Power to turn a fatal doctor's report into a testimony of God's power. It can turn panic into worship. It can turn fear into praise. When they get to the other side, they start to rejoice. And they have a worship service. On the one side of the sea, they were desperate. But on the other side, they were delivered. It was an east wind that changed the landscape. Ladies and gentlemen, it is still the Spirit of God that changes the landscape. One side, they were hopeless. And on the other, they were happy. Wind is the result of pressure changes. If we gather in this place heavy and full of heartache and we begin to worship, we begin to praise Him, we begin to declare the name of Jesus, the pressure changes and the wind begins to blow. But it's not only the power of God. It's also the provision of God. After the worship service was over and the children of Israel were delivered and they put away their tambourines, before long they got thirsty and they got hungry and they learned something else about this God that they served. He was not only powerful, but he was also a provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is their provider. Psalm 78, 24, and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven and by his power, he brought in the south wind. Goodness, I read that and I thought, here we are on the east coast of Florida in the southernmost state. We're in the south and on the east.
And we are in the crosshairs of God's power and provision. I've come to declare in this atmosphere, there's nothing that God can't do. The east wind now working in harmony with the south wind gave them power and provision. I get excited thinking about that because I know that God is fixing to do something special for this congregation of people as we are in the smack dab middle of a powerful God that provides. I don't know what you may be facing, but I know God is going to give you an east wind that provides manna from heaven. He doesn't just exercise his power and then leave you destitute. His spirit provides. Job felt like he was at the end of his rope. God reminded him that he was not serving a weak God. Job 38, 24. By what way is the light parted, which scattereth the east wind? There it is again. Upon the earth, who hath divided a water course for the overflowing of waters, or a way for the lightning of thunder, to cause it to rain on the earth, where no man is, on the wilderness, wherein there is no man. Here we go, verse 17, 27. To satisfy that desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. This east wind blows in to a dry, dead, desperate situation. And life comes again. And it satisfies the longing of your soul. Every one of us were created with a missing piece to the puzzle. A God-sized shape in our heart. That that cannot be satisfied by drugs or alcohol or immorality or traditional false religion. It's only the Spirit of God blowing. It can feel that hunger. That can satisfy the soul. The Spirit of God blows in from the east, demonstrating the power of God and the provision of God. But it does not stop there. It also represents the promise of God. He kept pushing the children of Israel to the east. Your promised land is in the east. They got close and they got scared. But the promise did not move. It was always there. It did not change. It was always to the east of Egypt. Then I remember that the Lord is coming in the eastern sky and through the eastern gate of that temple. And it dawned on me that our promise is in the east and the spirit of God or the wind of God is what will propel us to heaven in the rapture Romans 8 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you recognizing that spirit is wind but if the wind of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his wind that dwelleth in you. The definition of Pentecost is Jubilee. Jubilee was a feast in the Old Testament that the children of Israel celebrated 50 days after Passover. In 50 years, your debts were removed and the captive were set free. So in the Old Testament, every 50 years, they had a Jubilee. And it was a time of celebration. And the rejoicing started with a trumpet. A trumpet is a wind instrument. It doesn't have a reed, but the sound is produced by wind. So when the Lord comes back for his church, what instrument will signal the return of our Savior? 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We shall be changed. The Bible says that we are instruments of praise and we are vessels of honor. 
That means that whenever God has done anything for you, that wind of His Spirit that resonates in us, it ought to come out in a declaration of praise. Because it reminds us that that promise is near. So if you just got a little bit of wind, you get a little bit of sound. You can't play the trumpet and not have no wind. It doesn't work. But you get somebody up here with a big old belly and a big old diaphragm and you put a trumpet in their head. You get a shout. God's ever done anything for you. There ought to be a shout of praise in your heart. Hand in your mouth. I feel the wind blowing. I feel the wind blowing. For more than 20 years, I have wanted a name for our church that represented the power of God to change a life through the outpouring of His Spirit. When my father and my family first moved to Melbourne in the summer of 1971, we came to pastor a small church on the east end of Palm Bay Road by the name of Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ. Soon after my father assumed the role of pastor of that church, the name was changed to First Pentecostal Church of South Bavard. We have built and remodeled many times as God grew the church and we expanded under the banner of First Pentecostal Church. That name has served us well as the church grew and prospered with a commitment to Bible teaching and outreach. When I became senior pastor in 1998 and we started building this church on this location, I had a desire to change the name of the church with the new identity of the new facility. But at that time, we had a new pastor, me, and a new church. And I felt like at that time it was too many changes at one time. So for the next 20 years, we changed our logo often in an attempt to keep our name and logo as modern as possible. We worked hard at branding in such a way that our name would represent a church that never changed their message, but always was open to new methods and new ministries. But still in my heart and in my mind, I wanted a name that was indigenous to our area and uniquely represented us. I wanted a one-word name that no one else had. I wanted something that was biblical, something that represented the Pentecostal experience, something that described our area, and something that would serve us well over the next 50 years, but most importantly... Something that God put his hand on. I've never felt a release until the Lord gave me this message. As the Lord put this on my heart, I realized it was time. The new construction, the remodel of our church, a new identity, a new name, but the same spirit. The miracle. The miracle of the children of Israel being delivered clearly represented the power of God to save. You can build a church based on programs, and many people do. You can build your church based on a single personality, and many do. You can build a church based on professional performance, and many do. You can build a church based on a purpose-driven model, and many do. But we have attempted to build this church on the power and the presence of God. In the 21 years that I have pastored, 
I've never prayed for people or money. I have prayed that the presence of God would be in our church. And I felt like if the presence of God was here, that everything else would take care of itself. And I tell you, for all of these years, God has never failed us, not one time. As I read this text, the force that opened up the Red Sea was an east wind. The vehicle that God used to bring this miracle of His presence and power was an east wind. So from this day forward, we will now be known as East Wind Pentecostal Church. this east coast and deliver people from their sins that the gathering of God's people in this place will be a celebration of his spirit and an acknowledgement of the power of God to provide and prevail and if God sends the wind it will create a noise and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a Russian mighty wind. And it filled all the house. I don't know about you, but in 2020, and 21, and 22, and 23, we need the east wind of God's presence to blow into every family every home, every marriage, every impossible situation. So the dry ground will appear. We need manna to fall from heaven. We can't make it on some stale, dry can sermon and not have any kind of prayer life, not have any kind of devotion in our homes. We got to have a spirit in us blowing so that when we come into his house, that east wind blows and it blows with us as we go out the door and we get in our cars and we go to our homes and we go to our jobs. There's an east wind. There's a wind at our back. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide. My God, I feel it today. It's going to push us to our promise. Let not your heart be troubled. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there he may be also. An east wind. So I want to proclaim it. Everywhere that we go. And everything that we do. 
This is a place where you can come. Same God that made a way where there was no way. In the book of Exodus, when the children of Israel came up against an obstacle, it looked like it was lights out. God said, stand still. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. That was from the Lord, Brother Jim. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Because he's prepared a strong east wind that's going to blow all night long. shirts this right here is stickers and pins I want everybody to pick these up these are free get them out in the foyer in just a moment put this bad boy right here on your car I want everybody in this city to say what's east wind I'm going to tell you what it is it's the power and the presence of God to make a way where there seems to be no way Get your sticker, put it on your car, get your pen. Give it out as a track if you want to. Shirts, hats, all that stuff's out there. We got more stuff coming. But here's what I'm excited about. In just a moment, we're going to go out to the front and all of us going to gather around that sign called We Got a New Sign. We're going to gather around it in just a moment. We're going to unveil it and we're going to dedicate it. And we want it to be a declaration of this community that this church stands for the power of God to make a way where there seems to be no way, to change the waters into dry ground, to provide in the midst of your storm. There's a God, hallelujah, that's going to make a way. But before we go, I want there to be a shout of trumpets, a shout of praise. Would you lift your voice right now? And would you declare?